What's up, everybody? This is Keegs from Here's a Podcast. Very happy now. Welcome to episode 73. We are fresh off a hatred and vitriol filled episode 72 where we basically bathed ourselves in pig's blood and debated the merits of golf. And I think we're excited to be entering some cleansing waters this week. We're trying to get back on the same page. We're trying to, to, to mend this broken fence, prevent a civil war from tearing this podcast apart. And in order to do that, we're going to be hitting what made this podcast great in the first place. We're going to be referencing the blog. We're going to be talking some of the weirder stories of the week. We're going to hit Nate Robinson. Not physically, God forbid, we would never strike Nate Robinson. But Jake Paul is going to, uh, or he's going to try. We're going to hit that. We're going to talk about people not following their lease. We're going to talk fitness models. We're going to talk Taylor Swift's new album. We're talking a lot of stuff this week. Excited to share it with you. A quick side note, our uh, audio is a little bit off this week. I think it's just, it's hot in New York, it's hot in Colorado, we got some air conditionings going on. So there's a little bit of background noise, we hope you guys don't mind it. And honestly, if you do, you should like, subscribe, share, send us screenshots as evidence, and then we'll fix it. That's it. I've talked too much already, time for the episode, I'm doing my own podcast for these intros. Ooh, that's an expansion idea for next time. No more. Red light, gotta go. Episode now. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Listen, starts now. What's up, everybody? It's Nick. It's Keys. It's Here's a Podcast. Very happy now. Your favorite podcast about everything and nothing. Nick's recording from Brooklyn, the 11215. Five. I was going to guess five, and I'm recording from Essence Park, 805179. Too many digits. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to His Podcast. Very happy now. Episode 73. Wow. Shout out to all of our listeners who reached out about last week's episode, who called us, who emailed us, wrote us handwritten letters, who tattooed our names on their chests. Big shout out to you guys. Um, our egos need it. Our hearts need it. Our souls need it. You know? And we should treat them all as separate entities as well. They are. They all need nourishment in very different ways. A lot going on in the world uh, these days. We've got baseball is going to be gone as soon as it got here, we've got, you know, planes crashing everywhere. We've got mountains being climbed, you know, fish being discovered. Just your typical week. Uh, we've got a lot of good stories for you this week. We're hopping into a bunch. But first of all, we missed out. We've had some people that we didn't get to talk to last week uh, about our golf episode. And we just want to give them a chance uh, to speak up. I'm sorry. The person you were trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been set up yet. Please try your call again later. Goodbye. Well, I mean, okay. that's a that's a real off-the-grid move to not set up your voicemail box. Yeah, I think we were blatantly ignored. Yeah. I think we were just ignored, which hurts. Hurts a lot. Should we try one more time? Yeah, set, try one more time. Getting a voicemail from someone that you know is such a nice treat. Hey, how can I help you? Hollister, welcome to Here's Podcast. Are you happy now? We're thrilled to have you on the line. How are you doing today? Uh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> we were calling you because we knew you had some opinions on golf. Uh, we, your voicemail didn't drop last week. Fill us in. What did we hit? What did we miss? Your opinions weren't heard. We want to fix that. Hey, look, guys, big fan of the show. Really appreciate you calling me. Uh, yeah, I was a bit uh, dismayed by a couple of your callers and a couple of their opinions uh, around golf. I think you're confusing golf for sport that everyone, or some people love to sit and watch. Uh, some people don't, as it appeared last time. Uh, but and golf, the activity when you get out with the boys and have a few beers and play golf, that's cuck. You know, you're confusing the two when you're having that conversation. I think you need to make a uh, a point to have two different conversations: one about sitting and watching sport all day, and one about going out and enjoying around with the boys. 
and uh, yeah, apart from that, it was uh, an interesting debate. Yeah, you know, I honestly think that um, you'd have to be a monster to not like going out and just having a beer with your friends and playing a game, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's pre-crime. Hollister, uh, thanks. That depends on the game, Nick. Nick, shut your mouth. Uh, but before, <laughs> before we drop you, before we drop you off, we've got one last game. We play it with some of our guests. It's been a minute, so those of the OG listeners are going to really appro- appreciate us bringing this one back. It is, can you guess the first digit of Keegan's social security number? What's your best shot? You get one shot, one shot only. What is the first digit of my social security number? Give me your best shot. I know it, mate. Seven. No. All right. Bye. So disappointing. I really thought of all our callers, he'd be able to get it. Fanta- what a fantastic voice that guy's got. You know what it is? It's unfair. Every time we've had a British caller, British, I don't, I don't know the correct term. Think of the Kingdom of Britain. Right. Their voices. In the Queen's Army. I think they've all been my friends first. And I always bring them on because I feel comfortable. I feel confident enough in my podcasting ability that I'm not going to get shown up. And every time they like pull out this voice that sounds like they've been hosting, you know, the, the greatest radio show of Britain for years. It's like a buttery. There's like a little something on the end of it. It's a nice accent. It's a nice accent. There's also, there's a wit, I think, that's just ingrained in the culture. Well, it's big. It's like phone voice, I feel like. Like, he definitely threw on his phone voice for that, you know? And when it's English, it sounds even better. That's what they say in my industry. I also work in advertising as well as being a podcast host. And they say, like, you got to have a British account person. You got to have a British. The the people on the business side of your business need to be British. Because then you're fine. You're smooth sailing. The clients all love you. Yeah, because they've got their way of working things out. You know, they work the magic. Yeah. Okay. They know what they're doing. I just got a text from him. He says, you idiot was in the middle of a war zone game. I mean, hey. Topical. Topical. We I know. talked about that. If he the wants to have me over for a beer and a game of war zone, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to spit at that. But going outside <laughs> for eight hours of golf with people I don't know, I don't know. But a couple games of war zone? I'd yeah. Love to I mean, I, that's fair. That's fair. And so while, you know, I disappointed you didn't guess the social security number, I was hoping to retire that once and for all. Looks like we got to bring it back. Uh, I think that that point he raised about, that's not something I thought about. And it may, it's something that as soon as he said it to me, it clicked into my head where I was like, you're right. Like I should be able to separate golf, the dumb professional sport that I find it hard to pay attention to and golf, the activity, you know, that really is just, I don't want to, I don't want to get into the good. Do we like it? Do we not like it? I, I think it sounds fun. It's also, you know what I also thought about? It's also a real game of, and this is where I think it's kind of down our alley. It's a real game of like affirming your friends. That, that you know? is true. You know, like if we're playing basketball, you and I, if you had a shot in my face ever, I'd be like, Nick, young Steve Novak, great shot. I have other friends that if they hit a shot in my face, I'd fight them. Yeah. And that's just like the nature of basketball. It's the nature of, of competition. I'm sure that there's an exception that would happen at the golf sometimes as well. But so much of the time, it's such a difficult sport and such a weird sport. When I see my friends smoke a ball, everyone else is like, oh, see ya. Nice shot. You're sort just of playing, playing together. Less than playing together. Right. Yeah. No, and all, good, all good arguments. All good arguments. That's fair. I know, I know. And here we go. Here we go again. No, here we're not we going to get into it. To say that I... <laughs> All I'm going to say is I spent a lot of time thinking about this and preparing for the last episode and had, I can, I can release my notes. I had pages of notes, pages of notes. So I had thought about the professional playing. I do take good notes. 
Um, but I will say the, the affirming each other is not something I thought of. And you know me, that is something that I love out of a community activity. I like healthy, I like competition, but I really like positive reinforcement and positivity more than I like competition. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say that I'm not a kill. I have no killer instinct. You know what we also like? Dressing the same. We do like dressing the same, but the dress code is a whole nother like. Put on a cute little uniform for golf. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. I'm so pro. Hell yeah, brother. Dressing up in those socks, that polo shirt. I'm so pro tennis outfit over golf outfit, but maybe I haven't looked at like enough 70s golfers. You know? Like I love. Dude, the checkered pants. It's, it's, well, the thing is, and he said this, it's like you have to, you have to try to, it's very difficult to separate the culture from the sport. I may have to do a video series where I go golfing alone just to like explore it. That sounds kind of fun. All right. You know what? There, there are some, some very, very swaggy outfits that don't fall as much into the like plaid checkered, like what has now been co-opted by the worst of of frat culture. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? But, but there is some stuff here that is quite swaggy. So yeah. There's, there's, I, again, I don't know. I now see, this is the problem is now that I'm thinking about it this way, I almost want to do a return to golf. Ken Burns presents, here's a podcast here. Happy now presents a return to golf. Yeah. Uh, episode 82. <laughs> episode 82. Every 10 just, episodes we go into golf. I was really tempted to make that episode 110. Um, <laughs> hey, we, you know, we also, one thing we didn't talk about, uh, we'll save it for episode 85. Uh, oh, 82. not 82. It's 82. It's 82. <laughs> it's 82. Every 10 episodes, we do a golf episode. <laughs> I don't know how we're, I'm going to do another Photoshop. <laughs> we're, a golf, we're a golf podcast now. And that <laughs> was 20 never golf. Together, never played golf. <laughs> well, you're stories. right. We got to get off this. Tell me about the news. We got to get off this. The news, a lot of good news stories this week. Uh, we've got a coin shortage. It's a huge deal. We've got people eating meat where they shouldn't eat meat. We've got planes crashing, as I mentioned before. I don't know if you covered on the blog, but Donald Trump said he was going to throw out the first pitch and then didn't throw yep. out the first pitch. Yeah, it was a big one. We got a yeah. coin charge. Here we go. Burger King got off the hook for cooking Whoppers on the meat grill. Oh, yeah. Uh, tourists are too fat for gondolas. We've got talk about taking off menu items, threatening their whole corporation, Kansas dogs, kids escaping, uh, confusing fights. A lot of good stuff on the blog this week. So if you're curious about what's happening last week, the news that you got, you got too disenfranchised when you went on to CNN or Yahoo or Daily Mail or wherever you get your sources from Reddit and you didn't make it to the fun news, here's blog.com, your fun news, your happy news, sometimes death. The good stuff is we've got Nate Robinson versus uh, Jake Paul um, popped up. And I saw so many people like, oh, what does 2020 come to? It's such bullshit. I do, I understand that with the celebrity boxing thing, especially with Jake Paul, where it's like, who is this fucking guy who just is suddenly like, I'm a strong, I like I'm a strong like douchey looking white guy who's going to be good at boxing and nothing. I mean, nothing against him for being good at boxing, but I disagree. One, any type of entertainment at this point, I'll take as a bulls fan. I hope that bulls nation will be watching this fight with me because I don't know. I know Nate Robinson went, you know, he played for a lot of different teams, played for the Celtics and he kind of like a universally beloved guy. Whereas Jake Paul is not. Yeah. Um, universally despised. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you always root for the smaller guy. You know, if you, if you don't have an opinion, you always root for the smaller guy. Definitely. But I don't know if anyone, it really made me reminisce um, and go to a happy and then sad place where I was like, I don't know if any franchise owes as much to Nate Robinson as the Bulls do, you know? 
that might be a hot take. I don't remember if he won a championship with the Celtics. I don't um, remember either. He's on the Knicks, but, too. But <laughs> he's been everywhere. He's been but everywhere. Like, Bulls, I'm talking about, if you don't remember, if you like the NBA, go and watch the clip right now for the Bulls, like highlights, watch the full fucking game for the full game of Bulls-Nets game four, 2013. It is incredible. And it, it's just like Nate Robinson refusing, scoring everything he throws up. And when I say that, I mean, like, you you have that one guy at the pickup game who, like, shoots over his shoulder and it just banks in. And that was Nate Robinson for the entire game. And it was a huge deal for Bulls fans because it's like that was the year that Derrick Rose missed the entirety of because he'd been hurt in the playoffs before. Like, Derrick Rose got hurt first round versus Sixers with, like, a minute and a half left in the game. Oh, yeah. And – and he was out for a year. So he was – it wasn't like, oh, maybe he'll come back. It's like we're at the end of the season. He's going to be gone for the end of the rest of the season. So this was the Bulls team that, like, technically was still on their window. But it was like they had a young Jimmy Butler who still really, like, was coming along but, like, wasn't the Jimmy we know now. Marco Bellinelli, Joe Kim Noah, like, a bunch of guys were there to support Rose who suddenly, like, weren't – he wasn't playing anymore. So what business did they have – they were fine, but they had a pretty rough year. It's like, what does business they have in the, in the playoffs? And what business do they have winning a first-round matchup? And Nate Robinson went out, and he was playing fine. And the best part about this is he got laid the fuck out by Gerald Wallace. Like, laid the fuck out. Like, he was unconscious. Like, Gerald, he just, like, fucking knocked him out with a pick. And it was a legal scream, but it was clearly, like, back the fuck down. And Nate Robinson just got up and just, like – won the fucking game, like, just went off, had Michael Jordan's record for fourth quarter points 24. Nate Robinson at 23, and with the clock kicking down, he passed up a layup, faked, and passed the boozer to tie the game. That's just like Carlos Boozer. Oh, man. Not only that, so then he he makes the, the winning shot in overtime, and it's like this incredible bank shot, running, running one-legged, bank one-legged one-handed bank shot from the top of the key and bulls nation just goes crazy series goes on for a couple more games we beat them we move on to the heat and game one against the heat nate robinson does the same fucking thing he just like pulverizes them and there was this one moment where we were like could could nate robinson beat lebron (laughs) you know we were like could because that was the year where nate robinson would like block lebron when they played like man the bulls heat rivalry was so great but then, of course, we got swept, and we haven't made it past the second round of the playoffs since. <laughs> anyway, we own the Nate curse Robinson. of Nate Robinson. <laughs> the curse of Nate Robinson. Um, that's my long way of saying I'm excited for this fight. I'll be rooting for Nate Robinson all the way. If you are looking for a great basketball because the bubble is not enough, watch that clip. Well, this is also out. sort of my – I'm excited for this because, well, A, first of all, they're, well, we didn't cover enough. Is they're the undercard for the Mike Tyson return fight. So I should have mentioned that. Real cash cow for everyone, which is awesome, that. and I love yeah. it. But I'm interested to see this because he is smaller than Jake Paul, but he's also a professional athlete. And he played college football. Yes. Right. So, like, I, I'm really – Right. I'm predicting that Jake Paul gets destroyed. Like, this is a classic, yeah. your favorite athlete could beat you in every sport no matter what sort of situation. And I think, I think this will be one of those – he's older, I guess, which is sort of the bump – is sort of the – yeah. There are a lot of factors against him, but I really yeah. see. I bet Nate Robinson will. will yeah, and like be Jake great. Paul is trained. You know, he's done this before. And he looks good. He looks like a good boxer. He, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. He doesn't look like he's just like a strong guy who knows how to punch. It's like he no. actually looks like he knows what he's doing. He's got legit coaches. 
I'm the only, I mean, the thing I'm worried about is I don't know. I and I'm not making fun of his height. I don't know if Nate Robinson can reach his chin. Is there? I mean, are they going in the same weight class? Is there anything like that going on? Or like, I, I, I didn't see any details on that. Um, but then again, like, again, Nate Robinson beat the Nets in that game with a one-handed bank shot running layup from the top of the key, like almost worth three points. So if anyone is going to jump punch their way to a victory, it's him, Nate Robinson. I think he's going to win the fight. I think, I mean, hey, dude, I am, I'm going to be, if I, maybe I'll, I'm moving to Chicago, man, we'll get really into sports betting, you know? Are you thinking about that? Maybe. I mean, it's I, sort I, of I like a, it's what a little bit of a natural progression. It is. And I'm realizing, so I'm starting to get into, I'm trying, I'm getting, I'm just watching as many sports as I can right now because I now I know what it's like to not have them. So I'm watching soccer or we'll get to Jody Husky later, but Jody Husky has recruited me. I'm slowly I'm kind of in the application process, trying each other out of being an Aston Villa fan. Okay. We're uh-huh. trying it out. So Sunderland till I die. All right. Don't forget Aston Villa narrowly avoided relegation. It's still Premier League. So I'm trying it out, but I realized like, if I was betting on this game, if my money was online, I would care more about it. And I think that's down to it. You know, like I want to watch random games and take joy out of it, especially now that I'm getting older and kind of washed up. I'd like to take joy out of things. Um, that aren't just my sit, my team getting fucking pummeled by another team, you know, yeah. Um, like it'd be nice to lose a game and only lose money. I think as opposed to just the pain as opposed to just the pain. Um, that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. So we'll see. So I'll be, I'll be betting on Nate Robinson. I encourage you to, to, to do that as well. And let's petition the Bulls to fire Jim Boylan. Next story. This was a good one. We had, this was all over Reddit. Am I the asshole? We basically had, uh, uh, someone who owned an apartment. It's claiming that their tenant violated the lease, which it was supposed to be a vegetarian, vegan only apartment. So they basically caught the tenant with meat, warned them, caught them again, told them if they didn't get rid of the meat, they'd be kicked out. Um, it was on the lease. They said it was explicitly on the lease. Uh, and there's just all this hubbub. And the internet, for the most part, is siding with the person who's renting the apartment. They're, they're, they mostly said, like, fuck you, you can't you can't tell someone they can't have meat in their apartment. Um, and I think I'm built, I think, you know, through the, the identity that I've forged through the, the, the hellish fires of blog life, I think I expected to side of the internet here, but yeah. I firmly team apartment. I'm firmly team. This person didn't read the lease and fucked up and just can't eat meat for a year. I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm never, I don't want, it's hard to come out and be like, I'm very pro landlord. Because I think it's a tough, it's a tough position, right? Like they're not, yeah. Fuck, fuck your landlord. But I really like your take here, and I think after being in New York, you got to read the lease, man. There's crazy stuff in there. They're trying yeah. to catch or, you, and or you need to have a roommate who reads the lease, or you need to have a roommate or a parent who reads the lease <laughs> in some of our <laughs> earlier years, perhaps. And or someone who fulfills both roles. Yes, you need someone to read the lease and say, you know what, this is crazy. In my first apartment, they said we needed to lay down carpet in 75% or like 85% of the apartment. And a lot of people were like, that's to keep noise down. They're not actually going to enforce it. But many people in my life were like, that's an insane request. Like, you should tell them you're not going to do that. And we did. And they were fine with it. We thought about laying down mulch, which is our big idea. But yeah, maybe. you got you to gotta read the fine print when it comes to your, your living situation. Yeah, I mean, leak would have been a bummer. But other than that, I really like the mulch idea. Mulch would have been great. Um, 
<laughs> I loved one of your, ta- I loved your take in the blog though, about going vegetarian for a year, not making you healthier. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing is I would love to tell funny lease stories, except for the fact that I haven't read a lease. I've made it an explicit goal to always live with someone who reads the lease for me. Um, and that's why we lived with our roommate, Michael, for four years, four wonderful years where I wasn't taken advantage of by the lease. If I was in this position, and I wrote this in the blog, I would not do anything other than just roll over. Oh, me you know, Like, applying for apartment is such a pain in the dick. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I could barely be forced to do that when I'm applying for an apartment. Like, I'm not going to do that twice in a year. So if I'm told that I sign a, I sign away my right to eat meat, then it's like, all right, yeah, okay. I'll eat meat outside of the apartment and I'll just eat frozen pizzas. Like I, I went vegetarian. My, my high school girlfriend is vegetarian. As a senior, I decided. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, vegetarian. And so I decided um, I will, as a bet, I will go vegetarian for a month. And I just ate fucking frozen pizzas for a month. And you were like, fine. I just, I was fine. Yeah, it's like, okay. It sucked that I couldn't. I broke it the day before. I, I broke it because oh, I was on very, an official visit. I was on an official visit at Brown, don't mean to brag. And we were out to dinner with all the, out to lunch, like all the coaches. And the only, I was starving and I could get like a starter salad or I could get, there was like one pasta item that was like fucking 30 bucks. And I was like, I'm getting a fucking cheeseburger. You know, I can't be the guy who's going to get, I was like, this isn't worth it for the bet anymore. I, I already know I could do it. Like, it's easy to eat pizza for a month. Um, and I've got sibling. I, I've got a brother who was a vegetarian for a while. He was just eating frozen pizza and, like, frozen veggie patties. And I was like, this doesn't really count. No, you it's know? not a healthier lifestyle. It's not a healthier, it's yeah. not a healthier lifestyle. You're just, you know, you're just not eating meat by, by happenstance, really. Yeah. Like, not you a choice. be a vegetarian be a piece of shit. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing. It's like, I have so much respect for people who don't want to eat meat. And they really, any reason you don't eat meat, I'll respect. That's not true. My brother's reason, he doesn't think it tastes good. And I, that's a, that's that's a stupid thing. That's one that you never hear. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, I can't say this enough. My brother is stupid. I just um, don't think it tastes good. That's weird. He's like, I just don't think it tastes good. And I'm, it's like, okay, well, you're the dumbest person I've ever met in my life. There's got to be something but, deeper to that. There's so many variations of meat. I don't, yeah, it's, it, it makes no, it's a really hard argument to have with them because it's like you with golf. Yeah. It, it's, it's the identical thing to that where I'm just like, well, what about, and he's like, I disagree. I don't think it tastes good. And you're like, but try, and he's like, no, I don't think, I honestly think the fucking frozen three-month-old veggie patty that dad threw in the microwave on a paper towel is better than that chorizo. And you're like, well, I can't help you. If you don't want to be helped, I can't help you. I'm now the difference is that I've golf. tried golf. <laughs> yes. I'm not just saying yeah. like, oh, I won't play. Like, I'm not bad at golf. That's true. Like, well, well, I, like, my whole thing with my brother is just like, you just don't like chicken, which is fine. You cannot right. like chicken. But unless you've tried all the meat, like, you yeah. just don't eat chicken. I don't know. They anyway, taste very different. They have different consistencies. We don't need to stick, stick on it. But I do think it's, it's, a, it's very, kind of a crazy reason. It's a crazy reason. It's yeah. also a crazy reason for then someone who like isn't ex- like I think if you're vegetarian, being vegetarian is a great way to get better at cooking. I think because for sure. it's not vegan too. Um, so to just approach it. But if you worst case scenario, it's like if you can't eat meat, it's not hard to not eat meat. Just I just, cheap. I never thought of it that way. I've always thought of it as like, oh, you know, my sister's a vegetarian or like we're at dinner with someone like a little bit of a hassle, but like I get that they're much healthier and they're living a better lifestyle. 
I've never yeah. thought about it. Of like, now nah, you can still just be kind of a shithead. I'm like, yeah, just eat nachos. Yeah, it's just eat like, more junk. Yeah, you just get the cheaper version of everything on a menu. It's like I'll get nachos and not add chicken to it. You know, right? Yeah, and it's, it's like really just as hard. nasty, and you're just crushing so, easy cheese. I just, yeah, you're just crushing easy cheese, just ice cream. Like it really is an. There's a lot of really good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff you can still. You can still go just get the fry. Uh, maybe you can't. I don't. Oh, well, you can. Yeah. If they draw the line, yeah, you know, whatever. It sucks to get taken advantage of. It sucks to know you're an idiot. Like, that's the worst part about this, is being like, oh, I can't believe I signed a lease that signed away my right to eat meat. But the fact that you can't eat meat really is not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. And the whole, like, it's my human right. It's not your fucking human right to eat meat. Like, you, a lease, when you sign a lease, you sign away your human rights. Like, you're, you're, it's what I it think is. it should be that way. No, it is that way. Landlords. It's like the way it is. If you, and I made this point, like, if you're not reading the lease, you you're asking to get you're asking to get fucked like you're you are lucky that all you have to do is eat easy cheese for a year seriously great, great take <laughs> you're so fucking lucky that that's what you could be like i could have signed away everything i it own. could have been you could have had to put mulch down i could be in a cult yeah, yeah. i could be in a, could be in a mulch orgy fucking cult throw back to high school when i had to read the word orgy out loud and pronounce it orgy like a pig. Wait, that's awesome. Like a name. It's like a pig's name. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up on the topic. I also wanted to hit really quickly that I can't believe my response. I can't believe my response when you said my high school girlfriend was a vegetarian. I was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. As if that was like <laughs> ever something that I should know. Yeah, I, I was mean, legitimately surprised incredible. I didn't know that. Nick, Nick does set a very high bar for friends in terms of always remembering sexual history, remembering every ex-girlfriend yeah, and her right. terrible habits and kind of every time someone's wronged you and every cool thing you've done. You set a high bar in terms of those things. Your memory I can't can remember. be very spotty in other ways. I can't remember any of the other details. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Sometimes it comes by. You can't remember like when I get home from work, when we've been living here for three years, but you can remember the name of my high school ex-girlfriend's cat, which 100%. is impressive. I'm encyclopedic on that, but the details are past that escape me it's okay you know we can get those details from someone else yeah next up last up on our blog story of the week this one really got me worked up um this article came out and i just read it and it was like hugh jackman's workout routine is not for everyone and i clicked on it because i was like well i want to kind of hugh jackman's fucking ripped like i want to hear the crazy shit he's doing and it's this fitness model who goes into describes Hugh Jackman's diet. And so basically what Hugh Jackman does is he has to consume like four to 5,000 calories a day. Uh, it's kind of like the rock. He has to consume four to 5,000 calories a day of carefully equated micro fats and proteins and mobic acids. And he has to do it in a very tight window. He's on this intermittent fasting diet as well. So he's eight hours to eat that amount of food. Not easy. Also, obviously he's working on a ton. Fitness model tries it for one day and is like, I couldn't do it. I was too full. It was too, it was too much food to eat in that amount of time. I could barely get down my final snack to make it to 4,000 calories. This, if you want to look like Hugh Jackman, this diet is not for everyone because it is difficult and it is, you have to eat a lot and you have to work out. And I was like, what the fuck am I reading? Like, so stupid. what is your purpose? And I, I didn't realize this until like, this is the first one that set me off, but this is such a popular yeah fitness model thing to do of like i'll try this fucking diet this person is doing it's a huge and I, thing and i don't understand i don't understand that 
like maybe the one exception is you it's like an attainable thing they're like this is actually pretty you could look just like Hugh Jackman but like I'm not gonna learn that from you like that's just a diet that's just like called eating well and working out like best case scenario that's what you have to do what's gonna what it's going to be because it's these people's jobs because they have thousands of dollars and like it's what they do multiple trainers and nutritionists who are weighing shit on scales right to to like fit like they drop the clothing size and it's like you better fit in a shirt you have three months and like that's what you do from nine to five yeah like i mean so it's yeah i was gonna say a good example is recently something's been going around i guess zach efron has like a new documentary style tv show you see the video of him crying eating pasta no oh he eats pasta and he cries he's like you need carbs like i didn't eat carbs for such a long time it's like yeah that sucks that sucks that sucks. And my point is like, I don't need the fitness model to show me that it can be done because I already see the proof of it in the shredded actor. Like, yeah. What do you, I get, well, what it's just you, like when it's to that level, it's like, you're not really proving anything. You're and not I get if you're like, I tried to eat yeah. plant-based for three weeks. Like I'm a normal person. See what my outcome is. I'd be like, Oh, I kind of interested in that. Like what if I went plant-based, but instead it's like, I tried to be a professional actor who's makes their work on their body. Like who has full-time staffs and all this shit. Like I couldn't do it. I'd be like, yeah, duh, you couldn't do it. You have a job. You're making this YouTube video. You don't have yeah. time. You know, Hugh Jack right. is not doing anything but working out and eating well. Right. When he's preparing for his role three months in advance, to take a shirt off. Right. And it's, it's also, there's two, there's two things that really irk me. One you cannot be surprised that it's difficult to have Hugh Jackman's body. You can't look at how that person looks and be like, oh, probably. Easy. Oh, oh yeah. Like, you know what? I bet if everyone just did what Hugh Jackman did, they could look like him. And it's like, well, if they did, they could, but that's never the issue. The issue is never like people don't know how to do it. The issue is like, no one wants to fucking live like that too. If you're, this is a, this is an official pod statement and I haven't cleared this with Nick because I know he's going to fucking agree with me. I'll agree. If you're a fitness model and you try to do someone's diet and you make it through one day and then you have to stop because you get too full, you don't write that. You delete that. You delete the draft. You don't tell a fucking soul about it. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Like, you just, just this guy's credibility is out the window. I agree with like, you. Crime your river. Crime your, you got too full. That's so sad. Not making it a day is like, also, like, just go back the next day and be like, well, I only made it to 3,700 calories today. I'm like, try to give me a week of content. Right. Don't be a quitter. Yeah. Let me see what happened. Yeah. It's, you really, it's all bad. You I really want, you to, send, I want like, you to send me the link to all this. I didn't, I didn't really dive deep enough into who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in the blog. Good, Nick, great pitch. If it's, if you click on the blog, I include the link to all the full stories I'm going. So if you want to do deep dive on yourself, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. I do. But yeah. Really what this guy was saying was Hugh Jackman's diet is not for me. I think that's where I took issues. Him, the sweeping generalization of like, dude, I'm not a fitness model. I'll never be a fitness model. I'm weak-willed in a lot of ways, but I know for a fact I can make it through more than one day of Hugh Jackman's eating routine. But this guy's a fucking coward. We can all agree on that. You're making your living on this. You gotta, you gotta do better. Move it on. It's our friend Jody Husky leaving us an all-time legendary voicemail this week. He's checking in, and I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but things are going well on Jody's end. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for him to update you. Let's see what he's got to say. really really good quarantine news 
I know there's a lot to be down about out there, but I'm, I'm enjoying a nice little FIFA renaissance, mid, mid-summer renaissance, I'm calling it. I haven't lost in a while. I've been able to close out the games I'm leading. I'm banging in free kicks from almost everywhere on the field. And another development uh, you may be interested in, uh, I know we've, we've touched on this before, the market has been flooded recently. So every game I play, bang, here's a win, here's two rare players. They're, they're just giving away the farm. It's, it's really allowing a grinder like me, you know, to be able to stock up with, with quality players. And sometimes you can get lucky and maybe maybe be able to sell someone on your squad. So the, uh, the issues of, of, of yesterday where, you know, we were having trouble capitalizing on transfer market pickups in the terms of money to turn your turn your squad into a, uh, a more improved squad seem to have been uh, rectified so so really two thoughts here you know one obviously I'm doing I'm doing well in the game I'm doing well in life and two is big people listening to a podcast and are they improving upon the playability uh, that's a word for the uh, for the ultimate grind for the little guy out there um, and, and why is the answer yes? So uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys. Um, got, a, got a little bit of a transfer situation going on here. I've been online with support for a couple of days, trying to work out a, a, um, an investment I've made. Uh, so hopefully that gets worked out. And if not, uh, you know, maybe the, the platoon changes. But all in all, hey, things are going great down here at ATX uh, in terms of FIFA. And I uh, hope you're doing great as well. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for the shout. Be out there. I'm doing well now. Yeah, I mean, look, all of you who hate government handouts, listen to how well Jody Husky's doing. All right, big FIFA, big FIFA's like making it rain out there. They're giving him players, they're giving him player packs. They're doing it all, and he's reaping the benefits of it. Look at, listen to him. Listen to the man. He's the he's the encompassment. Is that a word? Yeah. Official pod, official pod statement. Encompassment noun. Embodiment, maybe. The embodiment, the encompassing of a subject. No, encompassment. You were going for encompassment. That's the encompassment. (laughs) Of course. It's like when you have a, it's it's what's inside a compass that makes it magnetic. Mm -hmm. Okay? It has two meanings in it now. He's doing well in FIFA, he's doing well in life. I mean, that's when I stopped playing FIFA because eventually I stopped doing well and I stopped doing well in life. But he's on top of the world. It's a game of streaks. He's on a hot streak right now. We love it from Jody Husky. Big FIFA might be listening to the pod. I talked to him. I told him, I said, typically we refer to a blog curse as when you mention something in the blog, you mention something in the pod, and suddenly it happens, right? Or the opposite happens. Um, happened for me a lot in New York when I'd say, I saw the grossest thing of all time. And I'd get on a train and a guy would be like picking the skin off his feet next to me. And they'd be like, never mind. That was the grossest thing I've ever seen of all time. And that's a blog curse. This might be the first time you've ever had an example of a blog curse where it's actually a positive outcome. A blog blessing. A blog blessing. This could be our first official blog blessing, Nick. And that's pretty exciting. I mean, 2020 has been a downer of a year. I mean, just really, really a downer of a year. Yeah. So the fact that we've got one blog blessing out of this, that here's a podcast you're having provided for you, free of charge, you're welcome. You should thank us. That's pretty incredible. Warms that's my heart. Warms my I love heart. the enthusiasm. Ride that high, Jody Husky. I also need to, and also I want to clear up that his transfer market delay that he had has worked out. So that, oh, excellent. for those of you that are listening and we're like, well, maybe they fucked him on the transfer. They did not fuck him on the transfer market. They're awarding the small guy. They're awarding the guy who grinds, who doesn't fucking buy packs for Christmas, who has a job. 
They're rewarding guys like Jody Husky. I, you know what? I, we need to find out the name of his club because I think we could probably adopt that in some, you know, I'd love official, to follow it. Yes. Uh, capacity to see how it's doing. Um, and I mean, Hey, that's a big shout out to our guy. Huge shout out. Um, we're going to get into the final throws of our, of our episode today. Um, I've got some nerd keys built up. It's been, I don't know, two weeks I've done a nerd keys and I, it's bubbling from within me. I mean, it's popping out of me like a baby alien. I'm not going um, to interrupt you. I'm going to, no, I'm going to try to contain my excitement because on one hand, I, I, you've got something that I want to talk to with you about that you're excited about. We're going to get to that. And I've got something that I could talk about this week, but I'm going to push it back because I want, I'm going to get my full thoughts on it. So I'm going to give you a quick nerd keys this week. Nerd Keegs is the show came out fall of 2019. It's called Unbelievable on Netflix. I'm not sure. This could be a show that people are really already have hyped up and maybe I was just working in a terrible job and ignored it. But Unbelievable is, I'm trying to think, I'm going to do plot. I'm going to do plot first. Unbelievable is, first of all, is a very tough watch. It is an unbelievably tough, tough watch. Um, if you've experienced sexual assault in any way, this is going to be an extraordinarily tough watch. Um, I don't know if they have a trigger warning, but they should. Um, it's based on true events about a serial rapist in late 2000s, early 20-teens. Um, and the storyline basically takes place in two different areas. There's 2008, one of his early victims who's raped and then is not believed. And then it follows a storyline of a few years later of detectives who pick it up in a different state and basically kind of work, um, work to track them down. Tough watch, but so well done. Just extraordinary cast. Caitlin Dever, who I already, I already really like Caitlin Dever, and I've already think that she should play someone that I'm not going to talk about it now. She's she's in my ballpark for a future role that I'd love to see her in. But no I know we got Sonia oh, Collette. Can I guess what it is? Merritt Weaver. Yeah, hit me. You know Last it. of Us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She would be an incredible Ellie. An incredible Ellie. She's our best pick. She's our best bet for Ellie. And this show cements it. I mean, she, Merritt Weaver and uh, Tonya Collette as the these two police officers tracking down um, this guy in Colorado, like 2013. They are awesome. They are so fucking good. And we um, love Merritt Weaver. And we love Merritt Weaver. But Caitlin Dever steals this fucking show. I mean, she's just incredible. And I know that it's a super serious topic. It's a super tough show to watch, but it's worth it. It is, I've gone on record as saying I really don't like Netflix shows other than their sports documentaries. This is the best Netflix show I've ever seen. It is the best Netflix show. And I think it's my favorite crime procedural. I think it is better than Bosch. Like if I had to go this season of Unbelievable against all of Bosch, I would take this season of Unbelievable. It's so good. I blasted through it in a day. I highly recommend it. It's if you're, if you're, and I'm on a crime procedural kick now I'm watching fucking Broadchurch, you know, in season three of Broadchurch, which is good. But Unbelievable is, I mean, it is like, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, it's an amazing show. Give it a chance. You get sucked in. It's like a Netflix show that has got great pacing and it's got great heart. I'm done talking about it. But remember, I told you about it because and give me credit for it. This is a good show. Your I've heard amazing out. things about it, and that cast is unreal. I mean, it's dude, it's it's so worth the watch. If you're debating it, do it. Well, I'm, I, I I hate I hate to to have held back another nerd keys of yours because of Nick's picks. You always um, hold me back. I'm always I'm holding you back, but I'm excited for your future nerd keys. That this sounds like a good wreck. Nick's picks. A lot of ink has been spilled on it already. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it. 
but I wanted to come at it from a different angle. The new Taylor Swift album. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. It's great. I'm loving it. I think people are generally really, really liking it and loving it. So I don't need even to go into my review of it or what I think about each song, which I think are all great. Um, or for the most part, all great. But I do want to come and say that I think this is a true, like, hater sit-down album. I think this is, like, her, her legacy cemented. Here's why. She has been doing this since 2006, which is an incredibly long time for a pop artist, mm-hmm. right? Like, she's just been, she's number, she's, she's a top three pop star, top four, maybe, for that long, every single time, right? And she never runs out of pivots, you know? The fact that this late into the career, she can make a pivot this big, a genre switch, but yes, it's still very poppy, but I'll get to that in a second. Like, I think that's incredibly impressive. And I guess what I mean when I say like her legacy is cemented, like I just think you can dislike her music, but I don't think anyone can say like, A, she's not talented or B, like it's all part of this like pop music industrial complex. Because I do think when you're a fan of the band The National, which we both are, and you hear Mm -hmm. some of these songs, you're like, oh, I could totally see this becoming a national song. You know, a song like Hoax at the end of the album, you hear the piano and you're like, oh, I could hear Matt come in and singing on this. And then it goes- That's an album quote for national. Right. And then it goes in a totally different direction. And you're just like, man, her fingerprints are all over this. Like, I I no longer think she's like made in the lab and like completely built around this. It's like, oh man, she took this thing that is really like someone else's tone, someone else's like full pastiche and put her own spin on it in a way where I'm like, man, I don't think you can doubt her talent at this point. Like when you, when we look back at like, Oh, who was the biggest pop star of our generation? Like I have to, like, I think you really got to put her in, in the conversation. She's been so yeah. consistent. And this is really like, she took a different direction, worked with totally new people. And she, I, th- I think she delivered. So that's my soapboxing about the new Taylor Swift album. No, I mean, so I agree in a lot of ways. Um, I am not, a huge Taylor Swift fan and that I think she's talented. If anyone asks me, like, do you think Taylor Swift is good at what she does? I would say yes, but I don't like, I like early Taylor Swift a lot. I didn't love her pivot to like trying to kind of be like a badass pop star. Fair. Not because I don't think that Taylor Swift should be a badass pop star, just because it didn't seem genuine to me. I'm sure there's a way to read into it. No, that's fair. Super- it's super misogynistic, but it was just like, I, I can't, like, bad blood. Like, there are just some songs that are really fucking good, but then it's hard for me to ever look past, uh, sorry, I was looking at the name of an album. Really hard for me to look past, like, Taylor Swift as a person. A side note, it's not my take. I think it's totally. a great time for Taylor Swift to release an album because she cannot be seen in public. She cannot be seen in public. Also she great. She cannot out-goof her way out of this album because the only way this album could be ruined what if Taylor Swift showed up in like full flannel and you'd be like, oh my God, like you get in your own way with just with dancing, with anything you do so much. It's such a good album. I don't listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. I've listened to this album like five times already. It's really good. But I have a take that's not, I'm not 100% sure about and is going to get shit on a lot. Deservedly so, because it might be a bad take. I agree that this shows that Taylor Swift is unbelievably talented. I don't think that was up for debate, really. Like, I think people, I, I would argue that I don't love Taylor Swift in a lot of ways, but I don't think anyone could say she's not talented. Um, she obviously has her fingerprints all over this. There are some of these songs where, like, that's clearly a Taylor Swift song that's been 
written a certain way or produced a certain way to sound a little different. Um, I don't know how much credit to give like Taylor and how much to give Desner. I think you get a lot. Because the thing that I thought when I listened to this today, when I re-listened was, because I had the same thing as you. I listened to it and I'm like, wow, that is super familiar. The last song, Hoax. It's like that, that is an, that's been the closer for the last three national albums has been a song just like that where she does her own thing, but it still is very national-esque where it's like totally. soft piano, really beautiful song. I think it's one of the most beautiful songs in the album. And I feel that way, like with Hard to Find or other national songs. A lot of her songs sounds really similar to the most recent Frightened album, Frightened Rabbit album, which he also produced. And so that's where I'm like, okay. And again, like, does that take anything away from her? Not necessarily. No, but you're totally right. You know, like, because there is, and I want to listen. I didn't have a chance. It's uh, Painting of a Panic, Painting of a Panic Attack. Um, and it's just some of the songs. Rest in have peace. A very, yeah, seriously. Super sad. God. Um, the, the tone of some of the songs that I didn't pick up on today was just super similar to that. And so that's where it makes me wonder, like, how much of that credit do we give to Taylor, rightfully so, because she's obviously at least 50% of writing this. But then how much of that is Desner, like, being able to craft oh. an album in a certain way and pick? And it could be both, not mutually exclusive. Totally. I, I don't think it's a crazy take. I don't think that's a take that's going to get you hate. I yeah. think he's, like, all over this. And I think you're... I think you're totally right. He gets a lot. And that guy, Jack Antonoff, gets a ton of, you know. Yes, totally. That guy's made, he's made so many good albums with people where it's like, cool. Yeah. But I do think the fact that she's working with them both in this way makes me feel like, oh man, you know what? Like maybe she does. I don't think, I think you're probably right. Her talent isn't up for debate, but I do think her, her contribution might've been, which is like, yeah, she writes the songs, but like, you know, she's got the whole music industry juggernaut behind her to make sure they're good. Right, she's got the four. Like, oh, you she kind of sort of feel Spotify. how this is like was them creating this together in a way. Where it's like it's yes. so clearly national and him, and then like she's comes in with this, and may it might just be me, but that, that's sort of where I, I saw. Know. I was like, man, and like, I did kind of peek behind the the window a little bit versus like the other ones come out. And you're like, right. man, this is manufactured in a lab. Right. A so I think I think I'm kind of holding off on. To- Here's the thing: if she puts out another album like this, she doesn't need to. First of all, like yeah. I well, I'm about to go against that. If she puts out an album like this, I am, I love it. Like more good music is better. And this is really good music. And it's so fun. And I'm not a music snob. Like I, I like her yeah. pop songs, but this music is cool too. And it's kind of more down my alley typically. I think I kind of want to wait before I'm like, I don't know. Cementing legacy is such a, it's such a hard thing for me to think about because it's like it's Taylor ridiculous. Swift is so yeah. fucking famous already. But in terms of like, if this pivot, right? Like, I'm curious, like, if she goes back to just kind of writing pop songs after this, whatever, make your money, do your thing. But I'm also, I think I'll lose a little bit of respect. Like, I think that will take away from this. Is she doing what's politically expedient or is she truly doing, like, what she wants to do? Where this is, she's really narratively, it's like, I I did this because I wanted to. And you're right, Right. she's not in public, so it's a great, it's, it's a very good point. Because I think some of this, you could, I mean, look, if she writes, if she puts out an album like this, you're like, all right, Taylor Swift, fucking, this is new Taylor Swift. We never know we'd get her. But if she puts out another pop album, I think you listen to this and you start to think like, all right, Exile is fucking Bonnie Vare with Taylor Swift in it. Right. Like some of these others, and I don't know if that's the right thing to think. No, it's interesting. You start reading into it more of like, this is Taylor Swift, like 
knew that fucking Bonnie Bear wrote his albums in a cabin alone in the woods. Yeah. And wanted to, and not to say she's not extraordinarily talented, but wanted to do that too. And it's like almost like Taylor Swift applies her talents on in other people's styles. Like right. I want it to be her style. You know what I mean? And I think collaboration is a beautiful thing, but I want it to be like genuine collaboration. I don't want it to be Taylor Swift singing over like like a Bonnie Bear track. You know what I mean? Right. No, so, I, th- I think that's an interesting way to think about it. I don't, I don't hate it. I, I, I know it's interesting to see. Like, is she just going to follow what is sort of what seems like market expedient, right? Like she right. she did her last one, which was I think people were like, "Cool, you've like woken up to being a little more progressive or having a political point of view," and then you really beat it over the head. And like, is that genuine? Is it not genuine? Now we're in this pandemic moment. You come out with this more quieter, introspective. Is that? I think you're right to think like, is it? And I'm not sure you'll ever be able to know. Anyone will ever be able to know. But right. it's interesting that as the cultural commentators that we are. It's yeah, I mean, we've got our, we're dialed in, dude. You know, I'm wearing dialed a flannel in. and basketball shorts. So yeah. I know what's going on. I'm no. sweating and, and just jittering because I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and to be clear, like, I, I haven't made it all the way through this Rolling Stone interview with uh, with Dessner, but it's it seems like that's not the, it seems like it really was a truly collaborative. He freaking loves her. Yeah. Process. Yeah, and it seems like she loves the national. So it's, and so I love her. Um, but I, I'm just curious, because I, I do think, like, the next thing she puts out will reflect back on this, of, like, was that just something that she did? for right. Because it was, like, she had a guitar and knew that this was a fun... Because that's something she does that I don't like. She adopts vibes sometimes, and I don't like that. Because it's, it's not... I don't think it's genuine. Who am I to call something genuine or not? But I don't think it is. And She's I don't a big like enough that. star. I think it's okay for us to, like, you know... Yeah, I don't take like some, that. Take some swings, yeah. I don't like the the she did the bad the bad I'm I'm a badass now when it was like I was a and you you have a right to your own transformation but like I didn't I, that just seems so fake to me so that's I don't want this to be fake because it was a awesome. right to your own transformation very very yeah. deep yes that's good podcast yeah happy number seventy three come here for you know what come here for the crazy news stories about people you know melting their faces off with acid and stay for the deep deep vibe brought to you by kegs we should do an episode of this where we're just like we do our best late night disc jockey impressions oh dude i would love that that's my dream thanks so much baltimore for you know for laying back and resting your head to these weary weary tunes i think there's something in our shared drive about about that as a show idea yeah it's just doing a full-on fake radio show if all else if all else fails we're just gonna start sending applications to it i maybe we should take the the ss park you know, radio station by storm. Oh my god, yeah. the, the dream. Start a, the dream. Start a radio station some yeah. somewhere in Colorado. Yeah. Love it. Average average age of 65. They will fucking love us. All right, Nick's got to go. He's peeing his pants. I kind of want to see him do it, but 75% of his floor is covered in mulch. So, Nick, <laughs> this is episode 73 of your podcast. Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Not even close. I got to pee so bad. Are you happy now? <laughs> no, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.